Good morning to you friends. Welcome to another one of our online sermons this week. We are filming in conjunction with the 11th of April 2021. And wherever you are watching this, know that you are welcome to be part of our Fishhook family. Uh, the only sad thing for me is that if you're watching remotely is that you don't get to see our beautiful beaches and our beautiful valley up close and in person. But maybe one day you can pop in and visit us in person and come and say hello to us in our church community here. You would be most welcome to do that. Friends, as we gather today, I want to remind us all that we are Easter people. And what I mean by that is that we are living in a time, having experienced Holy Week, the cross and the resurrection, that we live with the knowledge that Christ has risen from the grave. And we don't have to wait for just one Sunday Easter Sunday to celebrate that. We can celebrate that every day of our lives, knowing that Christ has won the victory for us. So as we move now into this time of worship, I'm going to invite you to join with me. We will just light our candle as part of our tradition. Always just remembering the symbolism of the light that shines into our lives. And so join me as we pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can experience the joy of Easter every day of our lives. We know that life still will throw us some curveballs along the way and that we will face moments of darkness and despair like on Good Friday. But in many aspects of our lives, Lord God, we can still hold on to the promise of the resurrection, of new life, of hope and of light. As we worship you this morning, make yourself known amongst us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to our Bible reading this morning, I'm going to invite us to do something different. I think most of us are used to seeing this, the words come up on the screen and hearing somebody read them. But today, I'm wanting us to join with many Christian brothers and sisters who are hearing impaired. And so they rely on somebody uh, to help them to translate. Um, and a lot of their world is in silence. And so the reading today is just going to literally come up onto the screen and I'm going to invite you to read it in silence. And as you read it, also then just to be mindful of those people that, that are hearing impaired and to pray for them because there are many people in our churches around the world um, that have that disability. So our Bible reading this morning is also a form of an intercessory prayer in some ways. So today's reading is from John chapter 20, from verse 19 to 31. It's one of those post-resurrection readings. So enjoy reading it and also remember to pray for those who are hearing impaired.
What has been one of the greatest surprises you've ever experienced in your life? I was thinking about that question this week in preparing for today's sermon, and the one that came to mind immediately was a number of years ago, my sister flew out from the UK to surprise me for my 40th birthday, and it really was an amazing time. I mean, I know as you're just hearing me uh, say that, many of you are surprised that I'm even 40. I mean, I look probably, what, 25, 27 years of age? So some of you are even surprised at, at how old I am. But anyway, that's a story for another day. As we come to look at John chapter 20, um, we must try and get into the mind of the disciples as they experience the surprise of Jesus coming into the midst of the upper room. And surprises in general, in general for us are life-changing. And the surprises we're going to reflect on now were certainly life-changing for the disciples. And so I'm going to take us to the first surprise. And that is in John 20, verse 19. We read this, that on the first day of the week, on the evening, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, that's when Jesus appeared to them. Now, we remember that they were behind closed doors because they had, yes, encountered Jesus. Some of them had encountered Jesus on that uh, Easter Sunday morning, but they still didn't fully understand it. And they knew that his body had now disappeared and the Jews would come looking for them, or certainly the Jewish authorities. So they were fearing that the next thing they would hear a knock on the door and it would be someone there to come and arrest them or something. So here you, you imagine these poor disciples behind the locked doors, fearing for their lives, and suddenly Jesus stands in their midst. I mean, that's surprise number one. Verse 19, he stands among them and he says, Peace be with you. Now, in Aramaic, that, that greeting is the words Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem, meaning peace be with you. And um, it's, it's pretty apt in the circumstances because I'm sure the disciples like, kind of jumped out of their skin in that moment. They hadn't expected to see Jesus and their, their hearts were probably beating and fluttering. And he comes in and he says, peace be with you. Shalom Aleichem. And the one thing that he does also is he invites them to have a look at his wounds. Um, maybe for Jesus, he understood that for his disciples and his friends, seeing was going to be part of their believing. But I just kind of imagine that in this first surprise, although initially it's one of shock, that in time the disciples, their mood changes to suddenly being one of joy and celebration. And maybe they're hugging each other and almost high-fiving each other and saying, gee, look, Jesus is here. He's amongst us now. Um, so, so that's the first surprise I want us just to, to mention at this point. Now let me come to surprise number two. So the disciples are kind of living in dreamland and Jesus gives them surprise number one. Then he gives them a second surprise, and this comes in verse 21 to 22. Peace be with you, he says again. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to talk about that peace be with you for a moment, because it's not just talking about the, um, the removal of anxiety or that kind of thing. It's, it's speaking about more than that. It's speaking about, may God give you every good thing. And the disciples would have understood that. Now, I'm going to come to this a little bit more in, in a few minutes' time, but this second surprise is not just the blessing or the peace, you know, shalom be with you, but it's also this breathing on, the, the Spirit of God, the breath of God breathing onto the disciples. 
And like I say, in a few minutes, we'll talk about the purpose of that. And then Jesus, according to John, comes to the third surprise. And this third surprise is particularly geared at poor old Thomas. As you know, um, the disciples were badly broken and, and in despair at witnessing the crucifixion of Jesus. And Thomas hadn't been around for a while. He had missed those, those moments, these first moments that Jesus had with his disciples. And um, maybe there was a sense in which Thomas was feeling grumpy, he was feeling moody, and uh, he even says to the disciples, look, you know, as much as you are excited that you've seen Jesus, I, I wasn't there. Um, it's not fair that I wasn't there, but I, unless I can really put my hand in his side, put my, my fingers into where the nails went into his hands, I, I'm really not gonna believe it. And this is where surprise number three happens, because Jesus comes into the midst of uh, that same setting, comes through the walls, surprises them, doesn't come through the door again, doesn't knock on the door and, and come through, but he comes into the room and he goes particularly to Thomas and he says to him, peace be with you. And it's in this moment where Thomas's surprise leads to a life-changing moment for him because Jesus says to him, Thomas, look, I I've heard what you've said. Put your hand in my side. Put your fingers into my hands and, and see the nail scars. But Thomas doesn't even need to do that. He just says, my Lord and my God. And so what I want us to do now in this moment is to take a look at these surprises, surprise one, two, and three, and just to, to see what Jesus is trying to do in the lives of the disciples and also see how that could impact upon us as we live as Easter people. So having shared those three surprises, I want us to linger a little bit around those words, peace be with you. I did a little research into a, a software program, Bible Gateway, that is very helpful. And I just entered the word peace into that. And um, the New Living Translation threw up 362 references to the word peace. King James Version, 390 something. So, I mean, if you have a look at it in all the different translations, we're talking about an average of almost one word or one reference to peace for every day there is in the year. Uh, and I think that's quite profound. You know, it's not exactly scientifically uh, there, but it's, it's, it's profound that there's enough reference or scripture passages that speak about peace for us to dwell with that for the entire year of our lives. And I think it's because many of us find peace elusive. And so clearly, even in the time of Jesus, even in the Old Testament, this concept of peace, people struggled with. They, they couldn't seem to find it. And so as we look at the life of the disciples, particularly in this post-resurrection experience, I want us just to note a few things about the context into which Jesus speaks these words. So the first one is into the atmosphere of fear. Now, I don't think there's any one of us who's watching this today who wouldn't like God to speak into your moment of fear and anxiety the words, peace be with you, shalom. Because we all encounter times of anxiety, of worry, of stress. And to know today that those same words that Jesus gave to his friends and his disciples are the same words that God's Spirit would give to us today. And if some of you who are watching this are going through those moments, then I'll invite you to receive this. Receive Jesus saying to you, peace be with you. 
And, and that's such a wonderful gift for us. Because I don't think God wants us to live in a perpetual state of fear. God wants us to know that he has overcome fear, he's overcome darkness, he's overcome despair. And the greatest example of that is Jesus dying on the cross, being raised to life again, but then also appearing to his beloved friends who are fearful and reminding them that with God, you don't need to be afraid. So that's the first thing I wanted to speak about. Peace be with you. The second time Jesus uses that phrase, Shalom Aleichem, in this passage in John chapter 20, is not just to offer them peace, but also to give them a commission or a command. Let me read it to you from verse 21. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so he almost, in a way, brings them this peace, calms them down before he sends them out on this, on this mission. And, and I, I love this because God is saying to us that when he sends us out, he's going to be sending us, sending us out with the knowledge of his peace, but also he's going to be equipping us for what lies ahead. That is why it's important that we include verse 22 in this reflection. And with that, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, again, I come back to this element of surprise for the disciples because probably many of them were thinking to themselves, okay, Jesus is now going to reprimand us for the fact that we deserted him. And, and in this surprise moment, Jesus is saying to them, no, actually, I want to send you out. It's almost like you get called in by your boss and you're expecting to get fired, but your boss actually says, no, no, I want to give you an even greater task. And you're kind of dumbfounded by the whole, the whole suggestion of it. And, and this is the disciples and maybe the change and the transformation that happens in their life. Jesus says to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you out, and I'm not just going to send you out without anything. I'm going to give you the gift of my Spirit. And here we have this connection with, with the Ruach, which is the Spirit of God. It takes us back also for a moment to the story in Genesis, for when God created um, human beings. We, we only came to life when God breathed into us. We had the form of a body, but it was only when God breathed his Ruach, his spirit into us, that we came alive. And in a way, what is happening in this John 20 passage is the form and the shape of the church, the gathering is there, but there's no life to it. And so Jesus is breathing his spirit into, into the disciples, ultimately into the church. The same uh, illustration could be used of that beautiful passage in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, that before those valley of dry bones, comes alive, God needs to breathe his spirit into them as they slowly form that, that vast army. And so, friends, God is saying to you and I that if he's a, got a task for us, he, he is sending us out because we know that every person in, in the Christian community has got a task to, to do for the Lord. We are called to function as part of the body of Christ. But God is not going to send you out or not going to send me out and leave us to our own devices. He's going to breathe, and he has breathed on us the gift of his spirit, which will empower us and equip us. So that, that's the second reflection I wanted to give to us on that whole thing of peace be with you. It's the, it's the preparation, if you like, for then the sending out. God will, will. The last short little point that I want to make about Jesus speaking peace into the lives of his disciples has to do with our friend Thomas. And I want to say that um, our doubts, Thomas's doubts, 
didn't disqualify him from receiving the peace of God. Let me just remind us what the scripture says. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and he stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas. And so this greeting that we have from Jesus doesn't exclude Thomas at all. And I think sometimes in our church context, we, we make a grave mistake of believing that Jesus' gift of the Spirit or of, of peace in this case rests only with those who seem qualified or seem to have it all together. Here we have an example of poor old Thomas. We've heard many sermons about him where, where his doubts have not led to him becoming disloyal at all. But he's just got these questions and he's wrestling with things. And it's in this moment that Jesus says, Shalom Aleichem to him. Peace be with you. And that's such a wonderful experience, I'm sure, for Thomas as well as for us. Sure, there are moments in our lives where perhaps our silliness or our pig-headedness can, can rob us of God's peace. But we must never think that God is trying to be elusive in giving us his peace. Um, I came across this lovely story told by the author Tim Hansel, um, and it really made me just chuckle to myself because Tim, and, I, and I'll read the story now, but Tim just shares about how he was lacking peace in his life, but it was because he was being stupid. Um, and then eventually he kind of woke up to the, the knowledge of this. So let me, let me read his version of what happened. He says, In my late 20s, a bunch of my friends and I decided to sail around the world. And I have to admit, though, that at the time I was a bit worried because I'd never ever sailed before. I was uneasy and I was anxious. So I spent a lot of time reading the Bible and praying about it until it finally dawned on me that God was whispering something to me. And this is what God was whispering to me. He was saying, Tim, I will give you peace if you read some books on sailing. The reason you are anxious is not due to a lack of prayer, but to a lack of sailing knowledge. And Tim says, it wasn't that I was unprayerful, I was just unskilled. And so I took the bold step that I needed to, uh, needed to take to let God work peace in my heart. And that was that I needed to begin reading books about how to sail. And I, I love that because it just shows the honesty of, of Tim Hansel where he was actually just being silly. You know, he thought, well, yeah, this is an awesome thing. I want to sail around the world. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to read my Bible. And God just is being so practical. God's whispering to him and saying, listen, Tim, I will give you peace when you actually know how to sail. So read some books about sailing as well as praying about it. And so, friends, God is not trying to, to uh, withdraw his peace from us all the time. Or he's not trying to be elusive in it. He comes to us in our fears. He comes to us to bring us the gift of his spirit and peace before he sends us out on a task. And also he comes to us even though we have doubts or we're uncertain about things. And this is the gift for me, which I want to pass on to all of us of this moment, this peace be with you. Somebody once said that safety doesn't consist of the absence of danger but rather being in the presence of God. And I want to leave on that note this week as we head out into whatever lies ahead for us. And uh, just to say that for us, the peace that we're looking for doesn't lie in the hands of a material object or a thing, but rather lies in a person, and that is the person of Jesus. And so may we look for Christ this week. May we look to hear 
Those words spoken over our own lives, peace be with you, shalom aleichem, may the peace of the Lord be with you. And um, I really believe that Christ will calm our fears and he will help us through whatever we're facing if we just trust him with those beautiful words. Charles Wesley, the great hymn writer of the Methodist Church, uh, said these words in one of his hymns, and I'll read them for us. He says, I rest beneath the Almighty's shade. My griefs expire, my troubles cease. Thou, Lord, on whom my soul is stayed, will keep me still in perfect peace. And so, friends, may God keep you in His perfect peace through ever what you and whatever you experience in the days that lie ahead. Come, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you not only gave your disciples that gift of peace, but you've also offered it to us today. And so may we hear those same words spoken of our, over our lives, peace be with you. And so Lord, we ask that your, your hand would go with us, you would lead us, and that we'll be able to sense you with us in all things. And to that end, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.